everybody happy monday night welcome to another edition of chips and dish here on the all about the birds network we set the trends here with multiple nights of programming lots of great sponsorships and tonight is a very special night uh what some of you may or may not know about me is i am a very proud wissahickon high school alumni and tonight joining me is sir he's a knight johnny higgins <laughs> one of the greatest linebackers to ever play for the trojans so johnny what is up my friend How's it going, Chip? What's going on, buddy? You know, happy uh, we, happy we quarantine talking, Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, another quarantine Monday. We were talking before <laughs> in post-pandemic world. You know, just as long as you have your health, that's all you can. That's all you can ask for. Which we do. We do. We have our health. We have our family's health. You know, uh, between us, we got four boys running around driving us absolutely wild. Um, Richard, what's going on, buddy? How's everything happening? Uh, before it, I do anything, I, I got to show a picture, Johnny. I got to show a picture to the people in case the people missed uh, it. I think um, I know what's coming. This is circa 2004. Yes. This picture yes. is circa 2004. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, I was a high school mascot. I was awesome. I, I was, I was the man. I, let me tell you, I, I was, I was incredible. Um, I was the Trojan man. So insert all your jokes here, people. But what you're <laughs> going to see is circa 2004, Johnny Higgins and myself hoisting the uh, the Ambler Bowl trophy when we beat uh, Upper Dublin. Um, so that is me in, in my mascot costume after the game and Johnny hoisting up a little trophy there from, from way back yeah. in the day. Yeah, so that is the bragging rights trophy. Uh that gets it's passed back and forth between Upper Dublin and Wissahickon, depending on who wins the game that year. 
I think that trophy's been around at least 30 years. Um, if if we, ha- we have some Trojans on, if you know the history, I mean, please let me know. But yeah, a while that trophy has been around a while, and um, and I was happy for the guys that that was a year after my senior year of playing football. Uh, I coached a year. Uh, that was before. 2005 then, because you were one uh, year ahead of me. It, so yeah, had, had a little bit. Well, no, it was when it was oh, the no, fall. fall, fall of four. Yeah, so fall of okay. four. Um, now, yeah, so I coached one year before I went on to my, uh, you no know, post school uh, life, um, and uh, yeah, so the year before Upper Dublin won the game, so they had the trophy. So it's cool to be a part of next year uh, getting that trophy back. And that was, I mean, I I remember that team. That team was stacked. You know, that team was stacked with players. So I just, I, I'm a nostalgic kind of guy. I had to, I had to find yeah. that photo when I brought you on. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed. We were going to have another Trojan up in here. Um, yeah, he's going to hear from me. He's, I'm going to put him on blast, right? I'm going to put him on blast right here on the All About the Birds Network because <laughs> it also then goes to the podcast situation. So Brandon Banks, we miss you, buddy, but you could have been here. Happy birthday yeah, to your pops, by the way, Brandon. <laughs> and we, we, we could have had some good conversation. Uh, with Banks on here, uh, we we both played on the offensive line together, so definitely could have swapped some stories. And that's you know, what I'm saying. Uh, no, good times, like you said. I'm a nostalgic person. Uh, I think about those days all the time. Uh, oh, you know, of course. course. My parents still live in Ambler. I'm not in, Land, in Ambler anymore. I'm up in Lansdale, but man, I'm down <laughs> you, to Ambler. You're podcasting my from parents. Like- like five minutes away from me. Let's be very clear about that. So in a pandemic world, we're holding a podcast <laughs> like five minutes away we, from each other. We could have been live together, you know. If, <laughs> uh, no, but no, I, I, I try to – whenever I get to Ambler, uh, my parents and my in-laws, they, they live in Ambler as well. If it's a Friday in the fall. I try to swing by just to try to hear the band and see the lights. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so listen, we, we got to talk uh, to Richard already because he he's not pleased. Um, <laughs> Richard is upset with the the trade the Eagles made last week. So for those of you that have been living under a rock, the Philadelphia Eagles with the number six pick in the draft um, traded back with the Miami Dolphins who had just traded back um, all the way back to number 12. So before I say anything else, what are your thoughts on the trade? Do you agree with it? Disagree with it? Talk to me. Tell me some things. I think once all the news came out of why it transpired, uh, I'm I'm okay with the trade. Uh, I'm in the minority with most Eagles fans that uh, I, I think that they should have been trying to either trade assets uh, for a uh, another you know current quarterback or trade up in the draft to get a new quarterback. Um, I, I know that most you know Jalen Hurts is a question mark. Um, I agree, um, but in that, I think the Eagles are in such a bad spot right now that I think trading up and getting a question mark with higher grades from analysts with better arm talent. I think if you're if you're going to get that quarterback and really start fresh with a new coach, um, you know, just do it now while mm-hmm. um, while you have some of the assets while you're in position. See, it's less about Jalen Hurts and more about the opportunity they have they had right now at sitting at number six. Right. Um, so to me, like, again, everyone's like, Oh, Jalen Hurts is a question mark. Like, you know, we don't know what he's going to be, but 
at the same time, I feel like, well, he also didn't do anything to really show that he is the guy without question. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think he can improve? Absolutely, because I think his work ethic is top notch. Um, he is going to be absolutely dedicated to bettering himself, and there's no question about that. Here are all the, his coaches and teammates. Um, they're all about, um, you know, touting his work ethic. So I think he's going to try. But trying hard and having that natural arm talent, that natural ability that some of these quarterbacks this year have, um, if we're going to roll with a question mark, I'd rather take the higher one. But to your point, right. um, they did trade back because there was word that I think the Eagles agree with me somewhat. They did try to move up to three in hopes that maybe Zach Wilson. You know, yes. Three. I think it's not a coincidence that the trade happened during the pro day. I'm sure someone got in touch with Joe Douglas there and Joe Douglas saw that crazy throw that Zach Wilson threw. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are taking him at two. Eagle said, okay, so there's no point in trading up to three. Uh, I guess they, the way they grade fields and lands, it's probably not much different than how they graded Hertz. So they, you know, if it's not Wilson or Lawrence, um, you know, let's let's not trade up to three. And then the news coming out earlier today that it, it, even though the Bengals they should be taking a tackle to protect mm-hmm. to protect Joe Burrow. They're on, they're on the chase train. Apparently, Joe Burrow is actually really. Uh, clamoring for them to take chase. I, mean, I, I guess okay. you know, if I'm, I would want a Jim Mar chase. Um, so I think between, uh, you know, with that news coming out, the Eagles figure, well, I can't get Zach Wilson. I can't get Jamar chase. Let's trade back, get the asset for next year. Uh, one yeah. to either have more weapons to uh, more assets to build around Hertz, or if Hertz does not improve, they'll have the assets to then maybe move up or get a, Deshaun Watson next year, if, if all that right, uh, his mess is cleared up, or you know, if Russell Wilson then you know expands his four team list to more teams that includes the Eagles, they'll be in a spot to get a Russell Wilson. Um, I, I think I think it's really interesting. Like you, you you said a lot of really interesting things there, and one of the big things that that stood out to me is they trade back and immediately. The, and I don't know if it's the Philadelphia rumor mill because it was then taken down or whatever it was, but it immediately comes out that, oh, well, they were trying to trade up. One thing needs to be very clear. We're, we're, we're getting off of this ugly breakup with Carson Wentz where he didn't have the mental fortitude to be in this town, right? Let, let's call it like it is. This is mm-hmm. a tough town to play in. And he is coming from, Carson Wentz came from small areas where he was the big fish in a little pond. He came to here where he had the opportunity little bit of adversity he did not do well with. Um, so now mm-hmm. he's back in Indianapolis. And as my wife put on, on social media, he's he's thriving as one does in all breakups. So here's his go-kart and here's his boxing video. Like He's he's doing okay. Um, Jalen Hurts is not that guy. I agree with you. Jalen Hurts in a three-and-a-half game sample size did not do enough to win the job. Point blank. He was mediocre mm-hmm. at best. So to just – Hand him the reins can happen. Um, now I will also, and you, y'all can check my tape on this. I said right after the Washington game, they are trading the pick. Don't don't even settle on it. That number six pick, which I don't know why they had to throw the game to get, they're trade. They are not holding on to that pick because there's too many holes. There are so yeah. many holes on this team, and it's not. Yeah. All right, we'll just pick the next quarterback. That's 
when I heard all the, the Zach Wilson talk, I went, oh, my God, we're going to do it again. We're going to draft another quarterback, and we're going to do it again. Um, some really awesome comments coming in, right? Reason why is because the wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, the wide receivers in this draft are stacked. Yeah. Absolutely stacked. And you can still get a very good wide receiver at 12. Yeah. Well, it seems like the past few years, the the wide receivers have always been stacked lately. The okay. past few years. I don't know it's just like it's just the way the offenses are. So prospects seem much better now, which just the way the college games relating to, or the more they have the NFL games starting to mirror the college games. So right, receivers are able to come in and step right in and play. Um, you know, of course, we just happen to have the the GM who out of <laughs> strong wide receiver class. They out of all the wide receivers, he gets <laughs> Jalen Rager. Yeah. And I'm not done. No, with, I'm not done with Jalen Rager. You know, what I mean, he's yeah. he's had one season under a, a coaching staff that does not know how to de- that didn't know how to develop players, and they mm-hmm. didn't utilize him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was still not a first round pick. Right. Well, going back to Richard's point and saying like there are a lot of you know wide receivers in the draft, um, and I'm also a believer and I believe in his philosophy when they focus on certain positions at the top. Of the draft. I believe you should focus on quarterback. The offensive line, the defensive line, and cornerbacks. I absolutely mm-hmm. believe in that. Um, the players they've taken, I haven't necessarily agree with, but I agree with the mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, and the one argument you 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 mentioned it, and a lot of people um, when they're arguing about you know rolling with Hurts and not taking a quarterback is you know well we have too many other holes. Well, to me, quarterback is still a hole. Maybe it's not as yeah. some of the other ones, but I could argue that. Quarterback is so important that even just a minor question mark at the position is a huge hole. And again, it's less about Hertz. It's more about the opportunity they have right now. You know, if they set six or maybe just moved up a spot or two and they got a quarterback and, and, and you know, started over, you still have a lot of assets to build around that quarterback. And it also doesn't mean that you can't trade Jalen Hurts to get some more picks back. If all right. five quarterbacks are gone and then, you know, and they go to, any other team except like Denver, I'm sure Denver would maybe want to take a flyer on Hertz for a second round pick or even a third. You might have to, um, you know, sell short on that, on that pick, but you're still mm-hmm. getting out back. So to me, it wouldn't be a huge waste. Cause now people are like, Oh, you already used a second round pick last year on Hertz. It'd be a waste. I mean, you have so many picks. It, it's one pick to make sure that quarterback is right. And the prospect you have to build around has the arm talent that, you know, the, the top tier quarterbacks right uh, have. Um, I, I think the so, one thing though that's important that you're you're bringing up though is the fact that, and I heard Dan Orlovsky say it. There are 52 other positions on this team. You can't just keep yeah. drafting quarterbacks. And I agree, you do need the right quarterback. And we don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy because the one thing that really upsets me, and um, I have it on our our talking points is so the Washington game where. We need to get the number six pick. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pull Hurts and we're going to put Nate Sudfeld. It was 100% a tank move. There is no question yeah. mark at all. So then you trade the pick. Mm-hmm. Why not let Hurts play back the game in the middle of the adversity where you were, you know, you were, you were not having a great game, but there was no reason to play Sudfeld there. So you're lying to the fans. You're not making use of what you earned. And yes, the draft capital next year is great. You're gonna have three number one picks. And as as Richard says here, it's great because you're gonna draft, you know, first overall pick a quarterback next year. This draft cannot be 
a quarterback it, it in the first round. It just can't be. You got to let Hurts play on a cheap contract with a bad Eagles roster and just mm. see what he has. Just see what he has. And I understand that philosophy. And the second round pick, the contract's much cheaper than if you had a top five pick. Uh, but right. it does differ from even one, two, three, and four, like the, the numbers yeah. are down. So even if you were to take, you know, Wilson at two or, you know, or at three or Fields at three, it's still a cheap contract for a quarterback. It, mm-hmm. it really, it, and ultimately, if you took Carson's money and that first round pick, it would still come out to like what Dak Prescott is getting paid, right? So mm-hmm. it's paying two $40 million contracts. So, and again, to me, it's worth it because you have to make sure the position is right. And I was more concerned about the opportunity they have this year versus next year. Because next year, you know what's going to happen. The top quarterback prospects could get hurt this year. They still have a season yep. of football to play. They could get right. hurt. Um, and one thing about that you, that you brought up, and now I'm going to uh, keep harping on with the opportunity they have this year, everyone either thinks that either Jalen Hurts is going to play awesome and mm-hmm quarterback or he's going to stink and we're going to have the first pick of the draft i'm one of the like only people that have saying <laughs> i think he's going to be in the middle i think he's going to be okay i think his his natural talent with his, uh, his running ability and like and, and some of his throwing ability um and his work ethic he's going to win some games i think if he started all last year i think they win more than four games so my absolutely absolutely okay to where you know, they win some games, they win around seven or eight games, but then now you're not in a good position to get one of the top prime quarterbacks. Uh, they're better set they are right now that they got that first round pick next year, um, along with the Carson pick. So again, you have the assets, but going back to your point, which I also agree with is there's so many holes. I don't want to have to trade four first round picks to move up where if they were to sit here at six or maybe gave up a couple assets, to move up one or two to get the quarterback, mm-hmm. have a ton of assets next year to build around that quarterback. Right. And like, so go, but going all the way back to 12 and first off, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done trading back. I think mm-hmm. at some point we're going to trade back even further. I think we're going to end up in the late teens, early twenties because there are so many holes. So you just get a couple of, you know, second round picks this year, third round picks, and you just fill them in, fill them in and see if any of the players kind of hit. Um, but it does by getting away from that number six pick, you do take away that kind of guarantee. Like Kyle Pitts, for example, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, Adam Mack is one of our writers for All About the Birds. He and and all of our writers have been crushing these pro day interviews. So we've been getting credentialed and attending these pro days, and they're asking questions and doing these article write ups. So I, I trust the the comments that are coming in from these guys because yeah. they're they're physically talking to them. Um, Kyle Pitts is a stud. He looks yeah. like he's going to be a stud. You look at what Sirianni ha- and, and, and Steichen have done in previous offenses, and they run serious tight end sets. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz ain't a tight end on this team anymore. Right. Or at least he wasn't under the last regime. Maybe he can be, maybe because there's not people biting like we thought. I mean, there were never going to be. With the numbers he put up last season, what they expect to get from him, everybody just needs to take a step back. Let Zach Ertz play another season in Philly Green. Yeah, like just yeah that. And and on top of that, you saw Dallas Goddard, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tying uh, Jalen Hurts again with this. When people are like, "Oh, we used a second round pick on Hurts," you know, rolled them. Like, well, use a second round pick on Dallas Goddard. Why would I take a tight end at six 
when, again, we have, there's so many other holes to fill. And going back to the Eagles philosophy that I, again, I agree with is there's a certain positions we take at the top of the draft. I, I know is an, you know, unbelievable talent. I can't say I'll hate it if they did take them. Um, I, I just wouldn't do it. I just, I'd rather go another direction. Uh, I don't right. think you build a franchise around a wide receiver either, but I'd still agree over the tight end. Um, now if they trade back, uh, you know, they traded back to 12 and somehow Pitts is there. I don't think so. Then obviously I think you take them. That's just, that's just too good of a talent. Um, but I, yeah, but like you said, Zach Ertz is still here. Dallas Goddard is still here. And with all those other holes, I don't know if I go mm-hmm. tight end at six. No, I would definitely, definitely take chase if, if he was there and there was so much talent that would still be there at six. Um, so I guess the guarantee aspect kind of does go away, but there there's five, quarterbacks in this draft that most likely are going to go before 12, right? I think it's possible that it's going to be four for four. The first four picks are all quarterbacks. Four. So, right. It is lining up that way. Right. Um, but I, I still think that fifth one, Mac Jones, might, will even go before 12. I think either the Patriots move up. Then. Really? You're that high on Mac Jones? I'm not high on Mac Jones. I think that other quarterbacks – you know, other teams where would you rather have Drew Locke or take a flyer on Mac Jones? Would you rather have a, an aging Cam? I, I don't know. But, but well, Sean just Sean said ABC. Sean, anybody but Cam, and he's a right. Pats fan. And that's what I'm so, saying. Sean, like, welcome to the program. <laughs> right, and, and and that's what I'm saying. So I'd like if I'm the Patriots, I'd rather just take the flyer on Mac Jones. You know, plays a pro style offense would be in right. a, a controlled offense, just like how Tom Brady. Like I mean, he wasn't running around like Patrick Mahomes. Like it was a very well, I can't want to say vanilla offense, but uh, the standstill quarterback worked in that system, and Mac Jones, I think, would do well there. Um, and anyone going to that Patriots, you know, scenario as a rookie, I think, w- would do well. But having said that, thinking five quarterbacks would go before twelve, that means that there's seven other players that are right going to be there at twelve, right? So maybe uh, Chase Pitts would be gone, Soul probably gone, but we're talking Waddle definitely could be in play, Patrick. Sertan, Farley, uh, JC Horn like is getting someone a lot of who will right step now. in day one and start for this team. So I think moving back to 12, you went back as far as you can to where you're still going to get a good talent because the quarterbacks sure. are strong this year. So if you couldn't get Zach Wilson and you couldn't get Chase at six, I think moving to 12 is the perfect spot to. I'll get that first round pick next year and still come away with a starter on day one. Now, and as long as they that's, stick to one of those top double. seven players instead of going somewhere crazy like Howie likes to do, then, then we're in trouble. And how, it's, it's how funny that you're saying those things because the comments that are rolling in are, are right along that, right? Richard, what scares me is Howie having the first overall pick next season. Yeah. Um, Don Conway, with Howie picking players, they're much more likely to miss at 12 more than at six, right? Six, we were saying, it's kind of like, you're going to get a great player. 12, it's yeah. like, are you going to get a great player? He's going right. to be a good player, but is it going to be like a, a Greg Oden mentality? Um, right. I, I agree with Lance here. And, you know, you and I are both defensive-minded people. We we grew up with an Eagles defense that were studs. You know, we're, we're Trotter, Dawkins people. I, I know you well enough to, to understand that. I would love to see them pick a linebacker or a cornerback. At, at the 12th. Yeah. At the 12th. Um, Michael yeah. Parsons would be all about that. Um, right. Would be all about JC Horn. He's getting a lot of talk. I'd be all about in the second round, Asante Samuel Jr. Like there are some big name players. 
The problem is, and you heard it at the postseason press conferences, they in Philadelphia in the big management do not value defense. This is an offensive right. league. If they stay at 12, if they trade back to 15, if they trade to 18, they will pick an offensive player. It's going to happen. No, no, yes and no. Now, I, I don't think they devalue the defense. Certain positions they devalue, and linebacker is one of them, which you look across the a lot, a lot of teams do devalue linebacker because it is a passing league. Now, maybe the types of linebackers are changing. Um, so your your typical, you know, typical like Jeremiah Trotters, you know, they they tend to not be the type of linebacker a little bit more quicker. Guys need to cover guys like a Kyle Pitts or whoever, you know, that are now running routes at tight end. So to me, again, if it was the top six, I would definitely wouldn't go linebacker. Uh, even in the middle of the first, I'd still be hesitant to go linebacker unless you have a unique talent there. I'll go linebacker. And in this case, some type of a playmaker on that defense. Parsons, mm-hmm. oh, I think you have to do it. You set the tone at uh, you set the tone for your defense. You're building around you're starting a new defense with an unbelievable talent. Guys that could um, you know, that could blitz the quarterback because the Eagles are all about right. rushing passer as well. So you can imagine someone like a Parsons going up to A gap. With Fletcher. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be defensive. And we also saw when you looked at Tampa Bay, right? When you looked at Tampa Bay's right. defense, who, by the way, I know it is March 29th. The fact that a Super Bowl championship team is returning 22 out of 22 starters is unheard of. It is absurd. They were dominant once they all clicked into the system. They are far and away the team to beat. And if you also look, so you have your Tom Brady and the fact that all the players want to play with him. They have an absolute stud linebacker in Devin White. Yeah. Who, if you have, and that's what I feel like Micah Parsons can be, a game-changing linebacker. Because, look, I, I, I love Alex Singleton. I think he is a fantastic human. He's not a game-changing player. He's good to lead your team in tackles. Yeah. You know? But he's not a game-changing player. Uh, real quick side note. Are you heartbroken that Nate Geary is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle? He's a San Francisco 49er. Uh, look at the bags on my eyes. I haven't slept in days. Like, <laughs> broke. Ah, come on. Uh, like I said, like, and, and this is where the linebacker talk is on, you know, it's front and center because you have a talent like Parsons who could be there. Yeah. There's someone like Parsons to the slop that they've had at linebacker for years. Slop is a great and, word. And we're just so, we're so sick of just seeing, Terrible linebacker, especially in you know with, with this franchise, you uh-huh. know that like we're clamoring for the linebacker. Today's NFL, I get why they don't do it, but again, it's a unique talent, which I think Parsons is. If he's there at twelve, I, I don't know how you can pass on him. First but, off, I don't I don't know how he gets to twelve because he is in my mind top eight easy, even with yeah. the top four being all quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, the Eagles have been dealing with your Mark Simonos, your Casey Matthews, you know, the wrong Matthews, your Nate yeah. Geary's. I mean, the BAP. But like Manny says, what's up, twin? This is my twin brother. He is, you know, a larger Latino man, but he's my twin. Um, defense wins championships. And the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles are installing new offense, installing new defense. I mean, look, we don't know what this team's vision is yet. But the one interesting thing that you said is the fact that, you know, this isn't a generic linebacker league. It's not a Jeremiah Trotter league, Ray Lewis league anymore. It is a hybrid safety linebacker situation, which we had in a Malcolm Jenkins 
an aging Malcolm Jenkins, but in Malcolm Jenkins. Right. And it's what we hope we have in a Kayvon Wallace who needs an opportunity. Well, I mean, at this point, when you go four and 12, I think all your young guys should be playing. They playing should. Whoever you have, if the guys, the same argument that people make for Jalen Hurts, I'm going to make for every other young guy on the team. Uh-huh. You got to see what these guys have. You got to let them play. They can't, you're never going to know what they have. I know they watch them in practice. Practice and game is completely different. I mean, there were even guys like, I, I, I'm, I don't want to compare high school to the pros, but there were guys that, you know, would ride the bench, and, you know, in practice. Yeah. Different impact in practice but then they get put into us they get put in a situation where they have to go into a game and play all of a sudden you don't realize we're there before you know it, that monday they're starting in practice like some mm-hmm. game areas is completely different you got to let these guys play um so i agree with you Kayvon wallace needs to play um i agreed with letting malcolm go because of the aging but i do agree that you know safety should be a position that should be prioritized more than the eagles do i mean yeah we had Brian Dawkins for how long? And, you know, you can't tell me that he probably wasn't the biggest piece of that defense. Yes, they 100%. Value corners, they value defensive end, which they should. But Brian Dawkins changed that defense, and he changed the position. So safety should be prioritized higher than the Eagles currently do. Right, and the guys that they brought on, um, they're good. They're good ball players, but they're definitely rebuilding type players. And the thing that's um, fascinating to me is all of these one-year contracts. So there's so many contracts right now that are t- players taking chances on themselves. You know, mm. they are, look, we know that the salary cap is down this year. I'll take the one-year contract. So next year when the salary cap is much more inflated, I can cash in because I'm going to have a great season. But right now, I mean, Dawkins left. You saw a, a dip in the defense. Jenkins left. You saw what a leaderless defense looked like. Jalen yeah. Mills, who is not a great safety, was still a leader. You be- are back there right now with, with guys who don't know what they're doing. But I think it's good because, again, new defense, new coordinators, new coaches, Coaches that allegedly, and I I keep saying this because all we have heard over and over again is these coaches know how to develop and how to teach the game. That, regardless of whether or not he won a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson did not develop players. In fact, if anything, he made players regress, and you saw it with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz became a worse quarterback from leaving North Dakota to when he left Pennsylvania just now. He, he downward trended the whole way. Blame right. it on injuries. Blame it on scheme. Blame it on whatever it is. But he became well, worse, and that has to fall on Peterson. Well, he also lost the coach that mm-hmm. was vital in his development in um, Frank Reich, which now he right. followed over in Indianapolis. So, um, so yeah, you would, the reason why they hired Doug Peterson was to be that quarterback you know, guru. Um, it looks like that Frank Reich was, was that guru. Um, yeah, like you said, he's you know he's regressed ever since. I don't think Carson Wentz was brutal this year. To me, it was so inexplicable how much he dropped. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much of it was Jalen Hurts versus getting that hit to the head. The head injury is different than the injury, and I, yeah. I think that could really screw you up. Um, and who knows if he'll, ever, if he'll ever be the same? He might be okay in Indy now, but he he seemed a little more hesitant this past year and. I- a hit to the head will do that to you. I think it matters because you mentioned the hit to the head and 
so then Doug Peterson's offense is what? Setting Carson in the pocket. Not rolling yeah. him out because Doug Peterson was a pocket. And I've said this before. Doug Peterson was a pocket quarterback. It's all he knows. He does not play to his quarterback yeah. strengths. He plays to what he knows. So you watch lineman after lineman after lineman drop down. And there's Carson just sitting back there holding the yeah. ball too long, trying to make things happen, trying to play hero ball. You know, it's a combination of the yips. It's a combination of the hero ball. It's a combination of bad scheme. I, I, look, it's Carson Winston would be here. hero ball. To that, it, it, like you said, it was hero ball because Tom Brady, you know, yeah, he stands there. He can't move. He'll go through his progressions. I know Brady's the greatest of all time, but you have to compare to someone like Brady, right? He goes through his progressions, and then before you know it, I would say Tom Brady is the master at the legal intentional grounding. He yes, will he is. And just throw it at someone's feet just to, to prevent a sack. And he was like, yeah. he doesn't care about his completion percentage. Like, I'll just live to see another day. Right. So, but the more you do that and – you get the defensive frustrated, you're going to start in, uh, completing passes, right? So Carson wasn't doing that. There's that time in your head. And after, you know, two, three seconds, that ball's out of your hand. Someone's going to hit you. So either either take off yeah. and dive forward and at least get three yards instead of a sack or just throw the ball, throw the ball away or throw it at someone's feet. Yes, easier said than right. done. We're, we're sitting on the couch. We're not in the pocket. But me, I wouldn't want to get hit, so I'm just going to get rid of that ball to try to prevent getting right. hit. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking at Richard's comment that just rolled in, and, and he, he did the perfect segue. So I, Richard knows, and anyone who watches my show knows, that I am not a Howie Roseman fan. I just – I know that, you know, Jeffy Jeffy's the one pulling the strings, but Howie's the guy getting hit for it. So are we going to do an intervention with Jeffy to get him fired? You're the Dr. Phil. I know I'm the Dr. Phil. So I'm going to mess with everybody here. And I'm going to pose a question to, to Johnny here. Johnny, let's let's see how the people react here. Is Howie Roseman getting a bad rep for things that are out of his control? So me – We're going to defend Howie. There are right, – <laughs> somewhat, right? To me, okay. there's two Howies. Oh. Right? There's okay. the contract Howie, and then there's oh, the sure. player personnel Howie. Mm-hmm. Um. Howie Roseman, I think, with up until this year, he is great with contracts. He right. knows how salary cap works more than most. He is awesome at trades. Like I, I even yes. this, this trade here, I think he's great at trades. Um, the the way he was able to get Carson Wentz w- was amazing. He's yeah. good at acquiring all every year besides maybe like 2018. Every year the Eagles always have like more than seven picks. Always. They always have a ton of assets, which is the way it, the way you should do it. Get as many picks as you can. You know, try to not go crazy with the salary cap, and know that salary cap and how those contracts work. And signing guys early, like when they sign Carson early, I know people are saying a lot of money, but you start seeing some of these contracts that are coming out now. Carson's contract doesn't look that bad. Right. Um, it I does when it's in it does when it's in Indianapolis in, and we're paying it. That's right. that's when it looks bad. And like even going back to uh, when Banner was here, right? Mm-hmm. And he was here. That philosophy has always been, you know, sign guys early, don't go crazy with the cap, um, acquire assets. These past few years, we're coming off of something that this team has never experienced, and that was a Super Bowl, right? And Howie did something that typically doesn't do was sign a lot of free agents, one year deals, 
again, so they weren't going to, you know, kill themselves later. And they caught lightning in a bottle and they also had to help with Joe Douglas, who uh, yeah. he was also the reason why Alshon Jeffrey got here, that connection in Chicago. They hit on all those free agents, which is something the Eagles have never done, even under banner. They never, they rarely hit on their free agents. Um, and they were okay in the draft. They won that Super Bowl over the guys with a bunch of one-year contracts. And yep. they freaked out and said, we got to keep this window open. It, we got to go for it again because Lori's hungry. He wants more. Right. We all you, are you, the 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 new normal is what you're referring to. Right. The new normal we thought was going to be awesome, but they went all in. They overpaid for these guys that won the Super Bowl, like like Al Sean, yeah. um, like, uh, you know, and they signed these contracts for so much guaranteed money that the most guaranteed money in the league to try to keep that window open. And really, when you do that, you only have maybe a year or two of that window, which we saw 18 and 19 made the playoffs. Yep. It all came crashing down this year. And when you sign these contracts, these big contracts, that leaves little margin for error when it comes to the draft, which is where the bad Howie, terrible at drafting. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's numerous articles, numerous uh, analyses that are out there. Yep. His drafting record has been terrible. Uh, 2017, I'll argue that their middle round picks were okay, which were vital in that championship, like getting guys like Vitae, um, you know, that was yeah. great. They had a lot of depth guys that did contribute, but one pro bowler in what, five, was it five seasons, six seasons? It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. You couple you that with that. You couple that with going away with their normal philosophy of not overpaying guys, and then you're missing on the draft the draft picks. It's it's not a shock that we're we're at where we're at right now. Right. And so, the other issue I'll, is the only is thing the I'll give that, Howie is right. that they went for it. I think Jeffrey said, you know, let's keep the window open, go for it. Um, but that's the only thing I'll give him. But but you got to hit on the draft if you're going to sign players because that's the only way you keep cheap talent on the team. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that look, you have all these draft picks because they have to fill a hole. But when you had – and look, I, thank you for the Super Bowl, but I, I'm really not a, a big Doug Peterson fan because he didn't develop players. So when you have these aging players on these big contracts yeah. and they're they're going down and they're injured, they're injured, and you have to put in these new guys – if it wasn't for Jeff Stoutland, we would not have had a quarterback survive this season. You know, having right. that many offensive line changeovers and still having it be functional, with the exception of Jamone Brown, who I take every pot shot I can and make fun of the guy <laughs> um, for whatever that shenanigan was. You know, him fixing his glove midfield, mid play yeah. as Carson got <laughs> decimated. I love that that video clip that I took went viral. That was that was fantastic, but. Jeff Stoutland is why Vitae was good. Yeah. Jeff Stoutland is why uh, Mylotta is a potential starting left tackle in this league and a really good one. But when you have Howie writing the checks that Jeff tells him, to, see, I, I realized this offseason that it's not Howie Roseman that's the problem. It's Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie does not understand this team. He does not understand this city, he he wants his team to be great, but doesn't understand what actually has to go into that. Um, and he just tells Howie, hey, get this guy. Hey, do this, do this. And where Howie Roseman's problem is that he there's no pushback. It's, right. okay, okay, 
Okay, which is why Jason Peters started over Jordan Mailata when right. Jason Peters finally came back. There was no reason for that. There was no excuse for it. It's why Fulgham's numbers but went also down why they let because Vitae Alshon go. Jeffrey. Right. That's why they let Vitae go, and they kept Peters another year. It's like, well, you could have just kept Vitae. Like, yeah, well, is he the greatest tackle? No, but he started a lot of games, and we won a lot mm-hmm. of games by that tackle. You know, if, if you want to protect your quarterback that you just signed over $100 million for, you want to make sure you keep him upright, maybe you keep Vitae. Right. Now they try. They try to draft Dillard, so I guess the you know. Oh if, God! Oh God! Yeah, but we we, we say oh Come God, on. but you know he's, he's terrible. Injured. He's undersized. He's often injured. He's mentally weak. He's a bad draft pick. He and is a first round pick as well. So it's well, another been, missed first round pick. Once he's been injured once. A season engine season ending injury in his chance yeah, well, to come and do this, what he was supposed to do be Peter's right. replacement. Well, like I said, they. It was the right call to draft a tackle. It's just, I think they've had terrible luck with, with Dillard. There were people uh-huh. were high on Dillard uh, when it came to, uh, you know, I think his, his pass blocking. Uh, or is it, or right. it was one of the two. The One of them was good. You need to develop him on the other one. But they, they addressed it and they had bad luck with, you know, with the injury. But when he actually played left tackle, snaps left tackle, you know, he's actually played really well. Is when he went the right tackle, he was terrible. There's so many holes in the team, and tackle so important. And you, you did use a first round pick on him. I think you have to roll the dice, or let him and Mylotta compete. You know, I don't. That's think you- that's what needs to happen because Mylotta earned the starting left tackle job. Dillard would be given the job, so you have to put them both in camp. And look, I think what's really important is what Nick Sirianni said uh, at his opening press conference, which was terrible. But if you listen to what he said, he said. Every position you're going to compete for, which is why Joe Flacco didn't answer the question. Hey, are you planning on starting? Hey, are you planning on starting? Are you coming in here to start? He goes, I'm I'm here to fill up the quarterback room. We're going to have good. Joe Flacco did not answer the question. Joe Flacco is coming in to compete for number one. If Joe Flacco wins the starting job this year, Jalen Hurts should demand a release. Demand it. Well, I mean, but why? I mean, we, everyone got upset. Because with- it's a bad team. If you're a bad team and you're losing the job because the 36-year-old quarterback that you signed for a one-year deal is the answer, that means there's no faith in this kid. What? Move him on. Move well, him on. I mean, well, I'm not I'm not vouching to, for Joe Flacco to start. Let, let, let me just get that out of the way. I, I don't think – if he starts, that's how bad Jalen Hurts is. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is that. I don't, I don't either. I think Jalen Hurts has a ceiling. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to lose to Joe Flacco. And I think neither do I. Allie and Jeffrey will step in and like, no, this guy's going to start. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but again, Hurts can come into camp and play, you know, a couple preseason games or even start a few games. And if he continues at a 50% completion percentage, and but yet the rest of the team is looking okay. And it seems like the quarterback's holding us back and the division is looking terrible like it was last year. And they feel like a quarterback change would maybe, you know, spark them. I wouldn't be shocked. But so Flacco's mind, he's going to go to a team like, well, what gives me the best chance to compete? Well, they have a exactly, young, exactly. That the, teams, that the team's not so sure about who was throwing 50%, who everyone says he's not a great passer. He may, he might develop into a good quarterback one day. Flacco's looking at it like, oh, well, that could go there. Plus, he's home. So, mm-hmm sense why he signed here 
Flacco 100 percent I'm going to completely roll over. His contract has incentives. So mm-hmm. I don't know about I like making more money than I do. If my sure. boss gave me something and said, Hey, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get paid more than you are now. I'm going to try like hell to, to meet those incentives. So just with the co- incentive-based contract, yes, he wants to compete because he wants to make that money. Anyone wants to make money. I don't care how much money he's already made. Everyone wants to make more money. He besides- also wants to prove that he's still relevant in this league. I yeah. mean, look, Joe, Joe Flacco was Delaware, then you know, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, but he was he's never been an incredible quarterback. He's no. just been a, a, a good quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. If he beats Hurts. The bigger issue is that we have absolutely no answer. And if you're putting Flacco in to go and make a push for the playoffs, remember you're going higher up the draft board too, or high, right. lower on the draft board, which means you have to do more to get higher up to get the quarterback right. replacement. What I like about Flacco is that he's not Nick Foles, and we can silence that right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you couldn't have Nick Foles here if if ever you could. Wants- the controversy to go away, then you definitely didn't want to bring Nick Foles here because right. all of us wouldn't be able to help but to want Nick Foles to <sighs> want Nick Foles to play. Again, um, same thing. I agree with the comment. Thank you for He's the not Super Bowl. Beat Hurts. It's not gonna no. be Hurts. He's gonna try like hell to do it. He's gonna meet want to meet those incentives, but Hurts gets benched or Hurts gets hurt because he's a running quarterback. They they tend to get hurt and he's not the biggest guy, you know, and Eagles history, the backup always seems to come in. Have to have a good backup. I read a stat the other day. We haven't had um, like the day one quarterback start. It's happened like once or twice in like the past like 11 years. It was something ridiculous that mm-hmm. backup quarterback means more in Philly than it does in most teams. For sure. So Joe Flacco saw that. He has incentives. He's home. He has the best it's chance. It's a winnable job. It's a winnable job. It is. I, I hope, think I hope he doesn't, but it is winnable. I don't think he wins in camp, but there's definitely a shot that he starts uh, some games this season. All right, so GM Johnny Higgins, I need your three. So you're interviewing with Jeffrey Lurie. They're, they're, mm-hmm. They finally fired Howie Roseman, right? They fire him tomorrow, and they, they're bringing you in for an interview, and they would like to know, Johnny Higgins, your three-point plan on how would you fix the Philadelphia Eagles. This season, three points. Well, if we did this a week ago, I had a completely different <laughs> because I, I I was like I said like I said in the beginning of the show I was one thousand percent on get the quarterback. I was on it. That was to me that was number one. I think mm-hmm. yeah we don't know where Hertz is, but if I'm going with a question mark, I want the question mark with the better talent with the higher draft grade because think about Hertz graded lower than all these guys that uh, you know these top quarterbacks in the first round this year. Right. Which is history with first round quarterbacks. Yes, I know we all can point to Tom Brady, who's an, an anomaly, but most successful quarterbacks, most starting quarterbacks are first round picks. It's just the truth. It, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. It is what it is. Those other guys are lo- greater, lower, lower for a reason. Yes, do we find some like Russell Wilson's, but it's not often. They're typically in the first round. So, new coach, I wanted the quarterback. Now that we're at 12, um, I told you at this point, you just need someone who's going to step, come in, and start. Have to get the draft right. Don't overthink it. Uh, yes. I agree with the Eagles' philosophy on you know positions. So as far as this year goes, um, you're at the point now. Barring 
Deshaun Watson getting clear of all the allegations that are out there. Um, so I'll just I'll just gonna assume that it's where it stands now is that nothing's gonna happen with Deshaun Watson as far as trades go because it's just too much going on in in his personal life. So I'm gonna say he's off the table. If he was on the table, I would say do anything you can to get Watson. Watson off the table, I think you just gotta get a starter and go with go the route that everyone's saying, build around Hurts for the year because you already traded back now. You're not gonna you're not really in a spot to trade up. Um <clears throat> if one of those quarterbacks falls to 12. I'm doing it because I again Ooh. I talent. It is just one pick. We have three more picks next year to still build around. You could trade Herbs for the assets. Um, number one is make sure quarterback's right. After that, it's the typical positions that the Eagles say: either cornerback, offensive line, mm-hmm. even line. One of those positions. Unless, I know I said Parsons, but you know if you want Hurts to succeed, you got to keep him upright. You got to give him some weapons. Yeah. you know, throw to so. Um, because I want the quarterback right, I feel like you got to support him first. Get the tackle or get the wide receiver. Um, okay. And then it's just all about developing the guys you, you currently have. You have so many guys on there with high contracts, but more unknowns. Play the unknowns. The, to me, this season shouldn't be about – I know the Eagles aren't coming out and say we're not winning in 2021. It still should be more about evaluation. I know mm-hmm. this is monster fire. But you and I, we talked about it uh, last week. To me, right. winning the division at seven wins means absolutely nothing. Nothing. Thank you. It you always want to go for the playoffs, nice. but not at seven wins. It's going to be a waste of time. All you're going to do is hurt the, the draft pick you got next year in case mm-hmm. you do need to back. Because the Eagles could, like I said with Jalen Hurts, he could be okay, and you could sneak into the playoffs. But and, uh, people are just going to say, oh, look, Jalen Hurts took going to the playoffs. I was like, well, did he really? It, it, in seven wins, to me, he didn't take them to the playoffs. We fell into the playoffs because the rest right. of the things. Um, I know the playoff experience, like it means a lot, but again, if the quarterback wasn't good <laughs> and he happened to fall in that one playoff game, because it's only going to be one playoff game, and I don't want to hear they could run off and win the Super Bowl. If you can only win seven games in the season, you're not going to win four I mean, straight. Super Bowl. So I don't know. Trent yeah. Dilfer won Super Bowls. Brad Johnson won Super Bowls. You can. You can win a but Super those, Bowl with an okay quarterback. You just right, have but, to have an exceptional defense. But we're talking about this year, right? Ah. Johnson had <laughs> Brad Johnson had a historic defense, right? Historic, right. Historic defense, right? And those teams didn't win seven games. Like the 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 team around them were good. So yes, you can win with a quarterback, but again, you play the odds, right? Most teams you have a starting quarterback. And that's why you win. Right? So to me, it is about uh, now that we are at 12, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And he, the two best games of his life were there. And I thank you for Super it. Bowl. Forever. He played Forever. out of his thank mind. He out of his mind. Right. Um, so to but me, I wouldn't it, build a franchise around him. I wouldn't have signed him to what the Jags did. I wouldn't have given up everything that the Bears gave up. The He is. Look, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, which is phenomenal. He he gets a certain level of um of respect for it. But like Chase Daniel makes money in this league still. Right. Like it's you need a good quarterback in this league. You do. Well, like, again, you can win without holes. So the, the you know, the, having a good quarterback room, I, I do believe in that when they do, you know, it's talking points to them, but I do believe um I think it is important. Being at the at 12 now. 
you're going to have to just build around Hurts because I think those five quarterbacks are going to be gone. One of them falls. Again, I'm taking them. I'm um, in mm-hmm. trade. And the other reason why I say that, again, it's less about Hurts and more about the opportunity. It's also about where they are contract-wise and how many years it's going to take them to build a team. Mm-hmm. Hurts being a second-round pick is only a four-year contract. First-round pick, it's a four-year contract, but you have the fifth-year option. Right. Already is a year in. So think about it. After 2022, it's already like a contract year for Hertz. And so you have to make the decision right away, and the team might not be ready. You get the first round quarterback now, that buys you time to build around that quarterback while you still have assets next year to build around. So in two, three years, you'll have you'll have the cap space, you'll have the draft pick to build around. Yeah, you'll still have the quarterback on the rookie contract. And you still have control if you can't work out a long-term deal the year after that. So we have two extra years to build. If you take the first-round quarterback this year, you have more time of control of that quarterback than you do with Hurts. So you are still – you are going all in, get a quarterback this year if they are available. Again, it's about the opportunity. We don't know what the quarterback's going to be next year. It's a quarterback-heavy draft this year. And it is Eagles fan, all of us being Eagles fans, we haven't seen too much of absolute great quarterback play. You probably say, that, No, you haven't. You absolutely have. The best quarterback 04, to ever play for us is Donovan McNabb. And he right, wasn't a great 04, quarterback. 17, but we've had a lot of, you know, yeah, Mike, Mike Vick was, was great in 2010, but ultimately, like the running quarterback, like called up to him after the fact with the injuries. Uh-huh. Even Donovan, when he was running, uh, you know, with the injuries that held us back. Randall Cunningham, I Randall Cunningham was my favorite player. I have his jersey. I would not have Randall Cunningham running Randall Cunningham no. as my quarterback because he couldn't you ultimately have to be able to throw and throw consistently. Right. For too many, the Eagles have never had a quarterback that is an absolute great passer. And there's just too much arm talent this year that I don't want to go back to the quarterback like, oh, you know, you know, he's great at running, but his arm talent's okay. He's not the most accurate guy. He tends to be a one read and run type of guy. I've seen that for 20 years, and it's no coincidence that the one year where we had absolute actual quarterback play from the starter and the backup where they were throwing the ball well, they won the Super Bowl. Interesting. So, and and it's I, I look at what you basically say, and yeah, Lance, I agree. You know, I was that was when I was just getting into it, but yeah, when Randall ran, I was always scared as well. For a multitude of reasons, and he would um, fumble too. He would hold the ball right. out like multitude of reasons, amazing but plays. You, and as a you me, I watched at, him as a kid. He was Superman. Like it was the greatest. Right. When you get older and you realize the type of quarterback he was, and um, like how a lot of the running run first quarterbacks they don't succeed as well. And there's a difference between a run quarterback versus a quarterback who can run. To me, yes. a quarterback who can run. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who can run. Like it's an okay. extra. It's an it's extra weapon, but it's not the it's full an extra team. weapon. And I feel right. like I think, her, but like I said in the beginning, I think Hurts Lamar is Jackson is a running quarterback, right? And that's why, like, I know he's he's amazing. His hides amazing. Like, he deserved that MVP. He took him to the playoffs. But you get to the playoffs, you got to be able to throw the ball. Unless he does, he does Lamar Jackson does nothing for me. Yeah, unless does you have a historic defense where a Trent Dilfer can. And win. Right. And you, I watched the playoffs this year and I watched Tom Brady. I watched Drew Brees. I watched Mahomes and I watched their accuracy and I watched them hit pinpoint precision. And I thought back to the season with Carson Wentz. And I've said this before. 
every throw was an adventure. This one was over the head. This one was behind. Yeah. This one was over here. And it was always a surprise if it hit a guy in stride. I'm like, oh, that, and that's yeah. not the way it is with the elite talent in this league. His mechanics got sloppy. And so uh-huh. his throwing the big wide. Where, when you saw Frank Reich and you saw John DiFilippo, where, when it's funny when you hear the the news about DiFilippo and Carson, how their relationship wasn't great. It's because DiFilippo was probably hard on him. Then when he gets the quarterback he's buddy-buddy with, his mechanics tend to go down. Something like mechanics, the coach has to drill it into you. So Carson yes. it, but he performed well. So he he should have looked at it like, well, you know what? It's good for me. <laughs> I, 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 he was right. My mechanics matter. And granted, it was a better team in, in 17, but, man, like you, you got to be able to throw the ball consistently. Run if you absolutely have to as a last resort. Right. Uh, to me, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he threw 70% in college, but if you look at his highlights, I mean, these guys are wide open, right? Because uh-huh. you have a dominant receiving core. You have dominant right. receiving cores. Right. It doesn't mean he can't throw in the tight windows, but there's just not a lot of evidence there where uh, when you watch like a Zach Wilson highlight tape, people say, oh, well, you know, the talent he's playing, but it's also the talent he's playing with. Uh-huh. You know? So tight windows, a tight window, you know, Jalen Hurts, when he played stiffer competition, he actually didn't play as well. That's so why he got benched in a championship game, right? Because he, he was not throwing the ball accurately, consistently. Right. In tight again, not saying he can't improve. It's still a question mark. But, again, if I'm, if I'm going with the question mark, I want the one that has higher grades. That's the way I look at it. I just think, for me, the four – the four-game sample size is not big enough. Let him have this season, which is a rebuild season. There's no reason to to give up everything for one of these quarterbacks and put him behind a weak offensive line with weak yeah. receivers and weak. This, there's too many holes. Um, yeah. And we have three first-round picks, which we can package with Jalen Hurts and move the hell up if needed next year. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but see, but here's my argument though with that. You know, seeing seeing what Hurts has now, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, it's like because it's supposed to have too many holes. We want to keep parts now. But if the solution next year is to give up all those assets where we're you're, you're in the same boat, you have to get a quarterback, but yet you still have a ton of holes. Then yeah. this year, you were in a spot where you could have got one with only giving up one pick and you could have traded Hurts to get picks back. So the argument that people use to keep Hurts is the argument I'm using to get the quarterback now. Because you still got to trade Hurts, have all these assets, but you have a better, technically a better prospect to work with, and you have more time to build because you have the fifth year option, and he is a rookie. With Hurts, you pretty much have to decide next year if he's your guy or not. You have a two year, right. two year where the other quarterback you potentially have a four, four year window to right. build. And I get that. All right, so. Here on Chips and Dish, we don't focus on just the Eagles. We have the Wednesday show for that, so we do need to dabble into some other sports. Um, I got two more comments rolling in. Yes. So let's see. Yes. Jalen has a rough season coming up. I feel for him. Yeah. Let's it's, it's going to be a learning curve. Um, Whoever the quarterback is, it's going to be a rough season. Whoever it is. And this is big. They blew the whole once relationship up for what it's because Carson couldn't handle being here. It's because Carson couldn't handle being here. He was a, he is a small town guy. That, and they, they shouldn't have drafted hurts in the first place. Like it's it's no. it was just no. They should not have. Quarterback with that pick, to me, after you just signed Carson, it was, was a just- huge slap in the face. And I get it; they need a strong backup, but that was a huge slap in the face. Yeah. 
and, and, and to me that, that was that was the problem. But so and, and I think Hertz was drafted to be a backup. I don't think the Eagles plan I agree. on him starting this year. So that comment was like, well, why do we blow it up? I think them taking her, I don't think they thought caution would regress as much as he did. I don't think they No one did. Nobody could have predicted that. Madam Cleo right. couldn't have predicted that. Right. I don't think they thought Carson would take that pick really so personally. Uh, and no one planned for that. So I, I don't fault Howie for that. But then again, he didn't draft Hurts in the first place. It, it's it's a non-issue. Right. Maybe. Because right. Carson would have regressed. Okay. We're a couple days away from opening day. The Philadelphia Phillies have finally set their roster. And the big question mark was center field. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not Mickey Moniak. It is not Scott Kingery. He's down in the minors. Your starting center fielder is not Odubel Herrera. It is either Adam Hazley or Roman Quinn. Uh Herrera was sent to the alternate site. At some point, I I do think he will be on the big league roster. But do you think that the Philadelphia Phillies did the right thing by avoiding the PR nightmare that is Odubel Herrera being on this roster on opening day? Yeah, I think it's – Total, a, a totally a PR move because Herrera is actually playing well in, in mm-hmm. so if and he's he the most experienced the, he's the most experienced center fielder that they could have used right if the off field issues weren't there I think he's the starter so to me it's, it's completely a PR move I think it's the right PR move I, I I don't believe in yeah I believe in second chances but I also don't believe in just giving it to you on a platter you know right after you do something like that I think they are role models um yeah, I don't want to turn this into a whole uh, no. show about you know second chances or whatnot. But I, I still th- still think that it was saying, hey, you know, we recognize what you did. You know, you're going to have a second chance, but you got to you got to take this pill right now and swallow it. And I agree with you. I think he's eventually going to come up. Um, you know, especially if center field is still a question mark as the season's going on, which which it is. is. The two guys that they kept are not good enough as professional center fielders. Now you look at the rest of the lineup, they've got a good lineup, so you can take the hit there. Um, But Odubel Herrera is better than both Quinn and and Hazley, who they kept, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was a total PR move. Um, To me, it's going to matter how the bullpen does, right? So if this team's uh – they're moving – and everyone's clicking on all cylinders except for center field. I think that's when you'll see Herrera come back up. And I think it'll be a little softer blow because I think deep down, some people are going to be happy that, all right, well, at least center fields, uh, you know, filled now. And now we just improved a, a roster that was, it's already playing well. Uh, if the team's not doing well, I don't see him coming up. Um, but it, it, it's going to come back to the bullpen, just like it was last season. I, yeah. I I think they have a, a quality rotation. The starting lineup, they're going to hit the ball. You know, I, they I think are going to play as just as well as he was. And you know, um, <clears throat> they're going to continue to score runs. I, I, again, there, how many games did they have last year where they had the lead and the bullpen is flat out blow it? You would go to bed with a 12-run like, lead. You'd go yeah. to bed with a 12-run lead and they blow it. Like, I think it was a historically bad bullpen. I guess the, yep. the bright line is like the, you can't get much worse than they were. The bullpen was just slightly no, better. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's reality. If, if they were just so- Vince Velasquez is they, in this Phillies bullpen. Don't say that. Well, if they 
They were just slightly better. They're in the playoffs. So okay. I think they're going to be worse than they were last year. So I think there's hope there that they can sneak into the playoffs if the bullpen is just okay because the offense is going to score runs. Um, right. So I, I look, Vince Velasquez is, is in the bullpen. Somehow he is the hemorrhoid of the Philadelphia Phillies. He just will not go away. Um, JJ, Jojo Romero gets sent down because he has an issue with his control. Uh, they, they are keeping Coonrod. They, they Archie Bradley. So the bullpen, like you said, is better. Um, I just, I don't know how they compete with, with the Mets. I don't know how they compete with the Braves. These are teams that got drastically better. And when you really shake it out, this Phillies team, with the exception of two bullpen pieces, didn't change anything. They br- they're they bringing back, in theory, the same exact offense, which yeah. was a good offense. They're bringing back a little bit of a different starting rotation, but I still do not think that Aaron Nola is an ace in this league. He is not a number one. Um, he's not. He's not. He is not a Randy Johnson dominant number one type pitcher. Well, I mean, he's just not. not he's a ground ball ever. pitcher. He's a ground I mean, ball Cole pitcher. Hamels was Cole Hamels was even like a Randy Johnson type dominant. No, player. still a one. I, I think. I think Nola's uh, in that conversation. I think he can get better, which is to me is the theme of the Phillies this year. They have a yes. lot of guys actually underperformed last year. I think Reese Hoskins underperformed. I think Bryce Harper. It, it, even though he had a good year, it's not a typical Bryce Harper season. So you think Harper steps up. You have to hope mm-hmm. Hoskins steps up, have some of the better seasons he had earlier in his career. And the bullpen just not being uh, historically bad. Yeah. You get them in the playoffs. And then and baseball is also one of those sports, I think, like when you get in the playoffs, like, you know, if the team's hot, you know, mm-hmm. they, they can make noise. And if Bryce Harper is, you know, he has one of those – Seasons where you know, you know he's pushing you know fifty home runs and you get Hoskins up there and they add to the offense power they did last year, right? I think okay, but I, I think I think okay. Reese Hoskins now being another year removed from Gabe Kapler, who let's call it like it is, Gabe Kapler completely fucked up Reese Hoskins' swing. Oh, right? yeah. Gabe Kapler told him swing for the fences, swing for the fences, and changing the arc of his swing turn Reese Hoskins into a bad hitter. So now yeah. he is two years removed from that. Maybe this is the year where Reese Hoskins brings it back because I do like Reese Hoskins. He is a serviceable first baseman. You put him in the lineup with JT Ramuto, DD Gregorius, Bryce Harper. You've got players around you. Um, Alec Bohm really starting to turn things on, turn things around. Now you just need Reese Hoskins to be a two fifty hitter. Um, yeah, like Richard's saying, they still have Joe in control. The, the Phillies are on the right track. They're trending up. It's about yeah. player development. It's about yep. player development. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- that's been the common theme with all the Phillies. This whole night? This whole, yeah. <laughs> no, the, no, the, just the past couple seasons is, is development. Uh, they most – these Eagles, like the other teams are, are young teams, and it's it's been the development. Sixers are, I think they've been on the right track development wise. Maybe Ben, depending on where you are on the Ben Simmons track with the whole shooting, not shooting. Um, some people think that, well, you, you, you should love him. Doesn't more, need to shoot. Doesn't need to right. shoot. Exactly. So it depends on what, you know, side of the track you're on with Ben Simmons, whether that's how you judge his development. Um, no, but back to the Phillies. I mean, 
it's been the theme. Obviously, development has to happen. You can you can draft the prospects all you want, but if you don't develop them, it, it doesn't matter. As I mean, the Flyers are the prime example of that. I mean, I, I think oh. like, I, I guess I don't want to hop to oh. the Flyers. You still have items that we want to hit on, so I'll wait. I'll wait for the Flyers. But oh, 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 the Flyers. Bring up the theme again. It just seems like a lot of inexplicable. Yeah drop off on all of the young talent. And I think a lot of it has to do with the development side of the coaches that we have here. Right. And I do think, and something else that's not being talked about enough is, so we both played baseball. You know, I still, my boys play baseball. I umpire baseball. So I'm around baseball a lot. Baseball is a dull sport. It is slow. Move. It's an interesting sport. It is a chess game of a sport but it is not what you would call an exciting sport. There were no fans in the stands last year. So you took a boring sport and made it more boring. <laughs> it was really tough to check in for that season. I'm going to yeah. call it like it is. I'm not one to make excuses for people, but let's make that excuse. It was tough. Yeah. Well, baseball has always been a slow game and, yeah. It's been an issue for baseball for the past few years. And they now. refuse to change because you have baseball purists, right? So they switched to the whole, oh, well, in this 10th inning, we'll put somebody on second base so we don't have to go into the 22nd inning. Oh, no, that's terrible. Half the league has a DH. Half the league doesn't. Baseball is the only sport with different sets of rules inside the same sport. Yeah, but it's tough because playing baseball, the game is, is right. The game is mm -hmm. awesome. The only suggestion I've heard about changing the game would be a pitch clock. It's like we were just talking basketball, I think there should be a pitch clock because to me that's what drags out the game a lot. Um, I'm sure purists would have to say like, well, that's part of the pitcher being in, in the right mindset. Um, you know, make sure their focus is right. So you could water down the game by rushing the pitcher, and, and that's my fear. I don't want to water down the game for the sake of speeding it up. But if they get to the point where financially the league is in trouble and you have to deal with the save the league. And uh -huh. I think all right, we want to save the league, but I still major league baseball is still making a lot of money, not NFL, a lot. but you could turn off a lot of people. If the game becomes a Mickey Mouse game and you really tinker with what True. the actual is. True. Um, What's your thoughts on the universal yeah. DH? Believe, believe it or not, a lot of people actually turn off by hockey, like because of the fighting, because they they look at it as like a gimmick. Like it's it, like any other sport, you don't allow fighting because it's it's just it's not part of the game. Yeah, you can say hockey. It is in hockey, like it's part of the game, and people that aren't interested in hockey, it's a way for them to get you know to watch the sport. But once you actually start to appreciate the game of hockey by itself without fighting, right? The game's good enough. I, well, it's funny. I, I saw. I saw a video today from 20 years ago with Ty Domi fighting a fan after a flyer took a cheap shot and Ty Domi sitting in the penalty box and the fan jumps over. Like it's <laughs> hockey is an aggressive ass sport. I love yes. it. Now minor league hockey fighting. I'm like, you guys are just trying to make a name for yourself. That's fine. But these guys, and especially because there's the series aspect of this season, um, it's not so much a gimmick. I, there's a little debate going on in, in the comments section here that we need to weigh in on. So Don says yes to the universal DH. Matt says I, no I agree. way. You say yes, universal DH. Show. Yeah. Well, because to me, it, it's still part of the actual game. Like you're not adding 
It's a batter coming to the box, you know, and hitting the ball, right? To me, it's not a big change. You already have to do it when you play, uh, you know, the American League, right? Mm -hmm. So he's already doing it every day. So to me, it's almost a drastic change, but it's something that would improve at least half the league. You know, if I go to a Phillies game, I'm not watching, you know, when, you know, I'm not watching Aaron Noel up the bat. You know, I, I can watch someone else. Let's say like Ryan Howard, if it was like towards the end of his career, mm-hmm. maybe that career. So then you're extending, you know, players that, you know, popular players. Right. Maybe, uh, I don't want to say Derek Jeter, but, you know, maybe like uh, Albert Pujols, if you went to a team where there's a DH. Right. There's more options for him to go to a team because you can now you got the National League using DH. You're extending people's careers. There's popular players that can extend their careers. So that would people interested and it's just more offense i think no matter what you gotta pick one you can't have the al have a dh and the nl not it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's absurd you can't have a different set of rules depending on which division you play in that just it doesn't make sense baseball is the only sport that does that stop just stop i guess it's fair in what the world series and that's it like where both teams have to do it or over right. Well, both teams have to do it unless it's an NL hosted game, in which yeah. case then you've got, you know, CC Sabathia taking swings. Nobody yeah. wants to see CC Sabathia taking swings. Yeah. But to your point, you, a, ro- a roster will be built different because someone will keep someone on their roster to be that DH where maybe the Phillies don't invest as much in it because, you know, they don't use DH as much. Right. All right. So we touched on a little bit. Matt, I know you're still listening. Because Matt and I have a special Twitter's Twitter flyers love between us. So we're going to spend no more than like five minutes on this because I, again, I'm a two screen guy, but on screen number three, all over here, I have the flyers game and they're currently losing (laughs) three to one to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Yeah. So Saturday, Matt reaches out and goes, "Uh, listen, uh, we weren't, a little birdie told me they won the game in regulation. You know, we're, we're back. And I'm like, cool. I didn't watch the game. It may be my fault. They're not back. The Flyers are, they're really bad. Um, the defense is so bad. They, in the last 10 games, I looked this up. I looked up Flyers statistics for us, Matt. The Flyers in their last 10 games are three and seven. I'm not doing the three, six, and one because of the over. They're three and seven. They have lost seven games. They're about to be three and eight because they're going to lose tonight. It's it, They're not making a comeback. They're currently three points behind the Bruins for fourth place. And since there's four spots getting in, that's not so good. It doesn't matter if you're going Carter Hart, Brian Elliott. It doesn't matter. It, the goalie's... This team needs an overhaul. They've given up three goals in to a team that scored nine goals in eight games. What the hell is wrong with this team? So I'm going to put this in the same bucket that I dropped Carson Wentz in. Ah, the, I like it. It's the inexplicable bucket. I have no idea. Watch last year they were the hottest team in the league the youngest yes, team were. in the league they were favored to potentially win it all this year and then you have the same coach coming back i don't know maybe the only thing that you maybe possibly could explain last year was hockey is a sport where 
the team that gets hot at the right time. Yep. Excels. And in a pandemic screwed up season last year, the Flyers were, was the one team that happened to capitalize. Mm-hmm. I got the number one seed. I think the young guys started sniffing themselves and backfired in the playoffs, and they have not recovered. Hold um, on. We started talking Flyers. It's 3-2 now. There you go. Okay. Drew. Continue your point. Continue your point. So, I, so you're saying there's a chance. So someone did say, well, maybe the captain needs to – I know I think the whole C on the chest, rip it off the chest is all overrated. Um, yep. But I still think that it is true that the, someone who is – a veteran on the team like a Claude Giroux needs to step up. See, so, like that's what you need. You need someone like Giroux to get this young guys going. Yeah, you guys are in that leadership I- role yet. Giroux has to pull them out. The talent's there. We saw it with these young guys. The, right. Or this team was supposed to be Carter Hart and that defense. These guys mm-hmm. had it's there somewhere. It was my same argument I used with Carson Wentz to keep. Sorry, Carson. Matt. So, when sorry, Matt. Say, Matt was on a commercial break. We'll let Matt catch up. Okay. Claude Giroux is so, uh, about to score, Matt. <laughs> I, have a, I have a strong feeling Claude Giroux is about to score, Matt. Just keep, keep Hold on. Five. I'm going to predict it. Matt, let me know yeah. if I'm right. I think Claude Giroux is about to score a goal right around um, the the nine ten mark. So, um, so, again, bringing it back to Carson Wentz and being inexplicable. The one reason why I was in favor of keeping Carson Wentz is I saw Carson's ceiling, and I also saw what these young guys can do, and I saw what Carter Hart can do. So it's there. I don't know if the coach or Giroux, someone needs to get this team clicking again. Whether it's going to happen this season or not, I don't know. Maybe this is one of those scenarios where it's good that these young guys got the wake-up call, and they can take the offseason and fill a couple pieces around this young core, and they come back at it. But I mean, I'm a Flyers fan, so I but – just from afar, it's inexplicable yeah. how much – but specifically the defense in Carter Hart. Like, to me, I was like, right. well, we have Hart. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll build the pieces around him, but we finally got the goalie. And it seems like the curse is starting to come back again, and there's something in his head. And we don't know what – maybe yeah, he's got – he definitely has horrible. the yips. And maybe it's because – like, you were, your, Carson, your Carson Wentz analogy is really good because Carson Wentz started getting the yips when the de- offensive line, and it kind of all spiraled out of control. Carter Hart's getting the yips because the defensive the defense in front of him is really really bad. And I know they're trying yeah. to move some pieces around and I know the trade deadline's coming up and they need to make some moves, but when the head coach says we don't know what's wrong, when the players say we know we need to play better but nothing changes, I, I don't look at this team cuz again, when I started this podcast on Monday nights, I said I was I was a 4 for 4 guy, but my weakest was definitely the Flyers, so I made a concerted yeah. effort to get back in with the Flyers. To me, hearing that the Flyers were so good, the Flyers are exceptional, the Flyers, the Flyers, the Flyers, they are on a downward trend right now. When you look at, so you look at the other teams in comparison, right? The Sixers are on an upward trend. The Eagles are on a definite downward trend. It's hard to see where where the Flyers fall in though. Um, And Matt's saying, you know, they have no money, Eagles, and apparently no one is selling. Trading may be tough. Eagles. It is literally describing the Philadelphia Eagles, and that is not where you want to be with a team that allegedly, like you said, was supposed to win the Stanley Cup this year. Was supposed to win the Stanley Cup last year. Yeah, I mean, I've always been half and half when there have been so many people for years saying trade Claude Giroux and other people were saying don't trade Claude Giroux. When I saw the team last year, I'm like, all right, maybe we do keep Claude Giroux because you you keep that veteran presence with this young core and they're going to make noise, which is what most people were predicting. 
now after this year with the, the no money and not knowing what these young guys are, maybe this is the time to move Claude Giroux. I don't know how much you'll value you can get out of him in, in a right. trade. Um, but if the money's the issue and you don't know what to do, the only thing you can do is get rid of your older, more expensive players. It's, it's, it's what the Eagles have been trying to do uh -huh. and down the road. But um, I, I'm not really up to speed on how exactly the, the hockey contracts works as much as in, right. in the NFL. But it's, it's that same philosophy. Any type of salary cap situation, you got to move the older, more expensive players. Yeah, apparently trading him. There you go. Money. So, I mean, the value is, is more about the money. As simple as it is. <laughs> Right, so the value is more about the money than it, it is about getting the assets best. Just like with, with, with Zach Ertz, it's people are like, oh, you know, we could get a second round pick. Well, to me, at this point, it's about getting a six round pick, but then you don't have to pay them because they have no money to pay anyway. So just get them off the books. The problem for me comes to where they're wavering around. And it's the same conversation we had about the Eagles. Because they're wavering at the five spot and they're only three points away, it's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. if we do X, Y, and Z, we can, we can make it. But if they don't do X, Y, and Z, they, if they were just, cool, we're in eighth place, call it, sell it, yeah. do what you got to do. They're wavering. They're doing that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing that um, ex-girlfriend on the back burner thing when you're in the current relationship. Like, she, yeah. they, they, they have the standby mentality. and it's, It yeah. doesn't get you anywhere. No, I mean, but what I said when we first started on hockey was hockey's the sport if the right team gets hot. Remember, right. 2010, the Stanley Cup run, they got into the playoffs on the last game of the season in a shootout. They just, yes. just made it, and they became a Jeff Carter net away from going to game seven. So if this young team can find it again and get hot and get back in the playoffs, then you don't know what can happen. And then they're coming from going into playoffs from a different perspective, where last year they were like, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, look at the Flyers. They're going mm -hmm. in. Them getting kicked in the teeth and then making Hard. it up i think would be huge for their development so i don't think they're in a downward trend i think they're they are still just hovering this last run out to the playoffs i think is going to definitely answer that question if they don't i just wish they did it before they the trade deadline so you could know yeah i, I know but if you trade ideally ideally all done. teams know the kind of team that they are before the trade deadline that's the whole buyer sellers conversation that's any team any sport that mm -hmm. is not what's going to happen here right and it's frustrating but one team and they just had their trade deadline we're going to one more segue here the Philadelphia 76ers are the best team in Philadelphia right now hot damn hot damn trade yes, that trade Trade deadline came and went, and they did very, very little, which, thank goodness, they did not sell everything to yeah. make a run. We had Chris Jenkins on last Thursday night from Villanova, and he he agrees. What they did by getting George Hill and putting Paul Reed in a full-time contract, that was a good thing. Now, they said, look, we're not done. We might still get a big man. All the big men are signing elsewhere. Um, right. But the Philadelphia 76ers have a huge target on their back. So, number one, my question for you is this. Do you think the Sixers did enough to win the East? That's the goal here. Did they do enough at the trade deadline to win the East? Yeah, to just flat out say, yes, they did enough to win the East, I, I think they have enough to keep them in a the conversation. I think they can make still definitely make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think they, all, they did – what they were allowed to do, like you said, like uh -huh. 
I was on the Lowry train. I was like, yeah, get him. But once mm-hmm. you saw what Toronto wanted, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want him. I didn't want him. I didn't want him. Right. I didn't want an aging player with a huge contract in the last year of a contract, and I didn't want to give up stuff to get him. Yeah. Well, I, the reason why I wanted him, but to me, it depends on what you gave up. Like, it, 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 yes. it was just pick, or maybe like like one pick and just maxi. But the fact they wanted like multiple picks, you know, yeah, five, no. like no, I'm not Thibel, No. But the reason why I know I'm, I, well, I'm typically like not getting the aging player. The wild card here is Joel Embiid. He yes. is playing out of his mind right now and is and scary with big men where the careers just aren't as long as some other players. Like Shaq's a freak, but very short window. Absolutely. It's a short window and he's playing unbelievable. Like, and, and beat is somebody, maybe he is growing up where before he, you know, he didn't take it as serious. He didn't work out as hard. This offseason, he's been crushing it. He also has a, a much better coach now. I think he's, he's, he's been on him. So, and there Both, it is. Hopefully that, Brett op- Brown. that keeps the window open a little more, but I do not want to look back on the tanking and the process and getting Joel Embiid and not going for it when Embiid was at the, at his prime uh, ability. That's my fear. Train all those picks, no. It, 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 I get why they didn't do it. Um, but as far as the conversation between you and me about just getting Lowry, uh, I think if the package was reasonable, I think you absolutely should have got him. Go for it. I know – Paper, they're not a super yeah. team like Brooklyn, but Brooklyn hasn't even been playing together yet, so they might all get together and you know they might collapse. They, 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 oh, there you go. Too many. Eagles. Here's the thing about Brooklyn, and I that, said that this could about be the same. And I, it's, yep, it could be less. There about is one, it could be Brooklyn doing too many moves. There is one basketball, there's one basketball. To share now in Brooklyn between Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris. There is one basketball, and somebody's got to play defense, and yeah. somebody's got to stop Joel Embiid, and none of those guys can do it. I'm sorry. You Now you look at a team like the, the Heat. The Heat got drastically better by getting Oladipo and giving up nothing for him. The Bucks are already a good team, so there are good teams in the East. Um, yeah, and like Richard's saying, there's there's way too many injuries in Brooklyn. Griffin yeah. is not the same player. Lamarcus Aldridge is not the same player. Let's, let's right. see. Stop. They haven't even all played together, right? Right. So, uh, right. You don't even know how that's going to work when they are all playing. So maybe the injuries is actually beneficial to them, where they have a lot of depth. That oh, one star's down. Great, we have another one. That- they have no depth on their bench, though. Right. They have no depth on their bench, and that's where the Sixers win. What is upsetting to me is. Look, there is a very clear target on the Sixers' back, and you've seen that now with Dwight Howard being ejected the last two nights. The one was just, you know, the two texts and move him on because he had a conversation with the ref. The one against the Lakers was one of the softest ejections I have ever seen in basketball. Are you kidding? Montrez Harrell bumps into him, and Dwight Howard, who's a giant goofball, Oh, walks into him and he gets – come on now. Yeah. Well, oh, come I, I on. think that, that's just one of those, like, rep, I guess, reputation things. Like, he had the ejection before. So, the, you know, the ref had a bad night. He, he <laughs> You know, who knows what's going on in his life. He could have been angry. Saw that. Knows his uh, – Howard's reputation. Was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm tonight. You're out of here. So, I think that's that's the case right there. If it was someone calmer, like, you know, like, like Ben Simmons was playing around like that and they threw him out. And I would see what you're saying. I think it's just a matter of it's. But, but Dwight Howard in this league has earned a reputation where, look, he, he's got to be given a little bit of leeway here. 
Montrez Harrell has not. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's starting to see that they're the number one team, but they're also the number one team that nobody wants to be the number one team because they're not the Lakers. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not the heat. They're not these teams that they want to be the number one team. And what also, what it does, and I think the league is petrified of, it validates the process. It validates tanking. Correct. And they're doing it without Joel Embiid. They're doing without Joel Embiid right now. Right. But it's still, but people are going to think of that. Like if, if they're going to win a championship, it's going to be with Joel Embiid. And that's what everyone's going to point to. Like, Oh, look, see the process worked. So we should tank too to get these players because everyone else is just building super teams. Now I know the league want that, but they would not be able to stop it. Um, but other than Ben Simmons, not shooting the, the biggest issue with the Sixers was getting someone who can shoot the three. And I think they uh-huh. did. I think they did that without giving up their future. I mean, they did that with Danny Green, with Seth Curry, with George Hill coming off the bench. They they've done it with Tobias Harris. He's having a, an incredible season. And, and George Hill is shooting what like forty six percent from the three, like that. Yeah, that that's what you need, especially in this league today with the threes. And that's what this team has been lacking. It, it was an issue for them, and they addressed it, and without giving up their future. And I can't blame them because the price for Lowry was just ridiculous, absurd. Uh, but you improve that area. Brooklyn, too many egos. So I think I'm not going to say yes, they're going to do it. I think they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think they they're going to take it to Game Seven. They have a legit shot of being in the finals this year. I, I think they win the Eastern Conference Finals, and then when they get to the Lakers, look, the Lakers they have Anthony Davis. He hasn't been playing. LeBron James hurt, so their big move, Andre Drummond. Okay, yeah. okay, again, yeah. good players. There's there's no reason why the Sixers don't win a championship this year, unless Ben and unless Joel Embiid doesn't play. I mean, it's yeah. LeBron James on the Lakers, so that's why. We want to talk about getting. <laughs> that every would be the call. reason. When you said there's no reason, that would be the reason. Is LeBron getting every call goes that way? I mean, yeah, right. So, and yeah, we all have our opinions about LeBron. I have my opinions about LeBron, but man, he's great. <laughs> And when he wants to win, he's on. You, you can't stop him. So um, that it, that will be. Don, I'm on a delay. Please tell me that. Okay, he scored again. All right, Matt. In the next two minutes, you're gonna see a goal at the 129 mark that ties it up and sends this thing into overtime. Hold on, Madam Cleo says. Madam Cleo says. Um, so on that note, it has been a great hour and a half. I got to pay some bills, Johnny, then we'll wrap it up. Um, so real quick, I want to remind everybody that we are all about the birds. This has been chips and dish with my, my alumni Wissahickon friend, Johnny Higgins. And again, if you, if you join late, you, you need to see this photo one more time, circa, circa 2004. Me in the Look mascot costume, Johnny over there. It's, I mean, that's an old school photo. Look at that. Like, that's such Look a mid 2000s. Like, I, it's not a turtleneck. That's the old school cold under armor, under the shirt, mm-hmm. fitted, the custom fitted Wissahickon, total mid 2000s vibe. Um, not your outfit, maybe. That's we don't, that we don't talk, we don't talk about turtlenecks in my house because yeah. the wife <laughs> makes fun of me. And that was the old um, school under armor. That was not a turtleneck. So, <laughs> 
So a reminder, we do this every Monday night. Tomorrow, Tuesday night, is Fairway to Heaven, our fantasy golf and gambling show. Jonathan Coachman is joining the t- is joining the show we got tomorrow the night. Coach? We got the coach coming on tomorrow night. So yeah, so we, we we do big things here. Wednesday night, we do our all about the bird show, um, which is our Eagles recap show. Johnny likes to comment in and, and yell at the hosts with the most because it's infuriating when he doesn't have the microphone to say the things in his in his heart. Uh, there, uh, there, there, man, like coming on here and talking versus like trying to type out that the comment and then deleting because you met you messed it up and then one of you guys speak <laughs> you know, it's like ah oh, come on like I and when you said on the show I'm like oh I'm in because there's so much I know like, wanting to say on those shows that I forgot I had to get off me because I still feel like I'm like the only one in the you know don't build around Hertz camp I want the quarterback I understand why if we do. Mm-hmm. It's not a terrible plan. I'm just against the folks that say getting a quarterback is absolutely should be off the table, and I don't agree with that. That that's yeah. all I have to get out there. But Jalen Hurts just a quarterback. I hope he goes 16 and 0. I hope he breaks passing records because it's absolutely that's the Eagles the fan in us. The the realist in us is the problem because it's all um, about the birds. It's all about the birds. So all about the birds is sponsored by 99jersey.com. You got to check them out. All kinds of fun movie jerseys so shane falco bobby boucher um kobe bryant high school jersey so you gotta check it out all about the birds aat birds at checkout um make sure you do that sat friday night is our birds beer and bs um show that is here on the all about the birds network i think we actually just started going live so that's exciting with that saturday night is our draft show that has been Something special, obviously, lately. Uh, Phil chiming in. Oh, he put Aikman uh, up there. So there he is. We're going to have right, to talk so to that. Everyone that's, that's watching, um, it's never a good spot to have to Cowboys fan. But he's family. Yeah. So please don't murder him. I love him. He is my. He's literally my brother. Um, mm. He is my brother. So, he, of course, he had to get a Cowboys comment in. <laughs> I don't know how we grew up in the same. There. I don't know how we grew up in the same exact household in this area, and he's a cowboy. Yeah. He just watched all those Super Bowls, so forever I always call him Mister Bandwagon. Phil, well, you know why? Because Phil is one of the few people left in the planet who still owns a VHS, um, so he can well, watch he all those Super Bowls well, over and over to. again. It's the only way he can watch the Cowboys highlights. <laughs> I love but Phil. No, I, no, no, but there is now on the the new. Uh, I think you can now stream the History Channel. I think they have Cowboys highlights ooh. on there. So Phil, let me know. I can get the app hooked up for you. You can watch those highlights whenever you want on history. I think on history.com they have it as well. Wow. Wow. All right, well, I'll put this one up. So there you go. There you go, Phil. Enjoy. We'll, we'll leave that one up for a while. So one more thing. I want to make sure that, that one and that one's going viral. So Phil thinks. Yeah, I got I got you on that. Yep. Nice um, so again, we are all about the birds. This has been Chips and Dish. I want to thank Johnny for coming on. Um Johnny, it's been it's been a fun hour and a half, man. That was just that time flew. Uh, I I I'm like, all right, we're going to be here for an hour, and it's funny. My wife was like, "Oh, how long are you going to be on there?" I was like, "Oh, just an hour." She goes, "You're going to be longer than an hour." <laughs> Eagles, you're going to be longer than an hour. I'm like, "Nah, nah, we have an agenda. Like, we'll hit it." I, yep, she won. She's right again. So, um, we, Phil, we've learned <laughs> she's going to be waiting. Our wives are always right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, she was right here. That, so. On that note, we have a new sponsor um, here at All About the Birds. And we're going to play an ad that we created. So you have to stick around for the ad. It is a brand new sponsor here at All About the Birds. 
I'm not going to say anything else about it. I'm just going to sign off here and I'll see every, I will see everybody Wednesday night. So I thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for the amazing comments. Johnny, thank you for coming on. It was fun to have a fellow Wissahickon Trojan on with me. And uh, no, hey, as, it, it was fun. Any Anytime I, I can hop on here and talk birds, uh, I'm all about it. Uh, everyone I'm watching, you know, check out the Wednesday night show. That's what got me on the show. It's fun. It's just Couple guys BSing about the birds, like we all do in our spare time. Yep. So, uh, might as well get everyone involved in it. And no, it's a good time. So, you know, Chip, thanks for bringing me on. And, uh, you know, anytime Absolutely. we want to do this, uh, I'm down. No, you're coming back. Don't worry. So, we have to end it with the official slow, you know, we, we end it with all shows here with Go Birds. Okay. And uh, the special chips and dish one, man, we're out of beer. So, we're out of here. I hope everybody has a great night and enjoy the new ad. Here you go. See you guys. Support for All About the Birds is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the Lawnmower 3.0, which comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Perfect Package also includes a deodorant for your undercarriage to prevent odors and chafing, a reviving lotion, a pair of boxers and a t-shirt, not to mention a travel bag to store all your grooming goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AAT birds at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code AAT birds. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. <laughs>